This is Raga Matrix America. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. This is Alex Goff bringing you Raga Matrix America podcast brought to you by Aircraft Charter Solutions. And as always, we've got Bruce McLean and Pat Clifton, both of them uh, college coaches. At some point, actually, we'll have, we'll have a show right after both of you win at the same time, which will be nice. But uh, Bruce McLean at Iona College and Pat Clifton at Lindawood Belleville, we were just talking about celebrating uh, your first victory and a first conference victory, which is pretty exciting for a team made out of, like, the dirt on the ground. You had nothing going on. So, hey, guys, how's it going? Good, good. Excited for this World Cup thing. You don't sound excited. Well, I'm a little tired. Um, this whole college coaching thing is uh, turns out it's time consuming and hard and all that sort of stuff. So um, I celebrated my first win by sleeping a lot, and uh, now I need to sleep a lot again. So, but no, I'm I'm pretty excited. It's it's crazy because you know here in the states we don't see commercials all the time for it. We don't see ads all the time for it. Now we see it on our Facebook streams and our Twitter feeds, but uh, you know, you forget on a Monday that the World Cup is Friday, and then you watch a, a hype video on Tuesday, and, and now that's all I can think about. So pretty excited about it, and uh, I think it's going to be pretty fun. Probably, without a doubt, since I've been paying attention, which is probably this is really the third World Cup I've paid attention to really closely, um, the one I'm most excited about. Uh, Bruce, are you going to stay up and uh, watch some of these games like at 2 a.m.? Or or six a.m. something like six a.m. You probably get up anyway. Yeah, six o'clock. I'm up. Um, a lot of times we practice at five forty-five in the morning. My kids are up anyway. So the yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch games that I'm interested in. I'll get up and watch them. I've been working wacky hours recently, so I'll probably be up a lot of crazy hours and watch games. So I'll yeah, I'll probably see a good chunk of it this World Cup. Yeah, I'm not so sure here on the West Coast that that's going to happen for me. But uh, we are talking the Rugby World Cup. We are talking the United States national team. But we're also talking about uh, a little bit about everybody else. And, in fact, let's talk about everybody else, first of all, and and what we've seen. Um, I'll tell you, I, I wrote something for Rugby Magazine Japan uh, just a couple of weeks ago where uh, they asked me for um, my – well, you know, you know, team. I think was sort of going to be like a dark horse, but had a shot to to win and um, and also the player, like the player of the tournament. So I picked Wales as a as a team that could actually, you know, to get through England and Australia in their pool and make a splash. And I also picked Lee Halfpenny as the player of the tournament. So of course, during a warm up game, Halfpenny gets knocked out of the entire tournament. Um, and that's the end of that idea. It's completely gone. But we do have uh, some weird pools, and and Bruce, you made, I think, the quote of the, the year at the moment, which was that uh, Australia, England, or Wales would pay $10 million to be in the USA's pool. Um, but I want to go through, talk about the pools, and see what you like. And uh, Pool A, that's, what, that's the pool everyone thinks is Pool of Death, Australia, England, Wales, Fiji, and Uruguay. And uh, guys, tell me what you think about that one. I think that Wales has no front row. I thought it was crazy not to pick Hibbard, Hibbard, 
and has Tenny being hurt, and they they have so many injuries and so many disruptions that I don't see them as being even a threat. So that pool of death turned in, uh, and I, I mean, there'll be the emotional factor, but emotions kind of drain pretty quickly. It's not, you can't carry emotions for 80 minutes. So I don't think that's going to be anything. Um, the, in the event that there's like a one-on-one situation, and Wales actually does win, or two-on-two situation where Wales does win, then it'll, it'll come down to bonus points against Fiji. I the, the question is going to be, I don't think England selected a team to beat Australia, at least in their first-round match. So against Fiji, if that's going to be their first-choice team, I don't think they'll beat Australia, so I think Australia comes out of that. But it's incredibly important for England or whoever comes out of that to win their pool because if they do, the winner of that pool gets the second place team out of the U.S.'s pool. So, not only is it a is it, it, it prior to the injuries was a brutal pool to be in. It if you come in second, you're you're facing South Africa in the quarterfinal, which could be a daunting task given that they don't have the roughest lead. So that's yeah, I, I my agree. thought is Australia goes through. I, I agree with Bruce that basically whoever fit, wins that pool can assure themselves a spot in the semifinals. I mean, you probably don't see Samoa, Japan, Scotland, or USA beating Australia, England, Wales, or Fiji, whoever you want to give the, the, that second bid to um, before it all starts. But I think you're right. It's, it's immensely important. I think Australia and England both have delusions of themselves, not just delusions, I guess, but have – Visions of themselves winning the whole thing, Australia beating New Zealand, um, you know, not that long ago, and well, England. I guess the English always think they're going to win. So, uh, you know, it's it's massively important to, to finish tops in this pool and not just get through to the quarterfinals. And um, and, and I think it's going to be interesting. I think the the funny thing about Australia is they seem to be a little bit uh, schizophrenic in terms of, uh, or a little scatic in terms of who their who their best lineup is, who who goes where and. And that sort of thing. A lot. I think a lot of weight was put into the performance against New Zealand, and um, and Hooper and Pocock in the back row together. But you know, you've got they've got a lot of dynamite that they're going to have to leave on the bench and figure out how it works well on the field. And I just don't know that they ever consistently um, played what they thought their top side was in the last two months in the lead up. So it's going to be interesting for them. And 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 uh, you know, it, it, to be honest, my my rank of who I root for goes United States, Ireland. Anybody but New Zealand, anybody but England. So uh, <laughs> it's going to be fun to, to to root against England in that pool. You know, uh, um, you're right. You're right. Australia's been changing people all over the place, and uh, you know what was weird is that they were they were still winning games throughout the championship, and then they lost that big game. The the, the big loss against New Zealand really hurt. The first half against the United States, um, you know, probably shook uh, the the pecking order a little bit, but uh, October 3rd, England versus Australia at noon local time, so uh, that will be um, that'll be a huge game. That'll be a game that if you want to plunk down your money, maybe that's the, one of the pool games to watch, uh, and I do think Wales is out of it, and Fiji now is, is looking at a situation where they might, uh, might steal a win or two. Who knows? But Fiji's looking good. Uh, pool B. Well, we'll we'll skip ahead. We'll skip that because that's the USA pool. We'll go all the way to Pool C, 
New Zealand, Argentina, Tonga, Georgia, Namibia. And um, one of the one of the things that always seems to happen with New Zealand is that they don't uh, they don't have a very difficult pool. And uh, in many ways, that is true of this time. There's not a team here that could beat them. They're not stuck in there with Wales and England, for example. But Argentina is playing extremely well. Every single one of these teams is extremely physical, and and I think the you know the big the big worry for New Zealand might well be uh, injury. Uh, playing Tonga, um, you know that they've they've racked up over a hundred points in Tong- against Tonga in a World Cup, but that doesn't mean that it's pretty, and that doesn't mean that it's uh, a, an easy game to play. Uh, but I do think that uh, probably more than any other year, New Zealand versus Argentina, uh, which um, I'm trying to figure out when that game comes up. I'm looking at my uh, Rugby World Cup app, uh, the twentieth. It, it's that's coming right up. At the opener of uh, of the World Cup for both of these teams, uh, I think that's that's a worry game for New Zealand. I think the worrying thing for New Zealand is getting through hard teams like Tonga and Georgia without entirely too many injuries. Uh, not that it, if you're New Zealand, you're all you're ever all that worried. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was the last World Cup they got down to like their third fly half choice in the middle of the thing, ended up still winning it. So it's not like um, it's ever a mayday scenario, but um, if you know, just immediately looking at this pool, you got some tough uh, characters uh, in Georgia and Tonga on both of those teams, and even Argentina. So it's for them, it's going to be about getting through healthy um, and, and ready to face whoever it is in that next round. Because I think that uh, whether they draw France or Ireland, they're going to be drawing a team that's out for blood. I think the the pool match from New Zealand, the pool matches from New Zealand are actually good because the teams that they play are pretty good scrummaging teams and they're pretty good mauling teams. And those are some of the places in the rugby championship where New Zealand has shown a little bit of possibly a chink in the armor of their prowess. So they'll be able to tighten those areas and play up against some reasonably good competition. And so that could make them really tough come the quarterfinals round. Now, remember in 2003 that the Argentinians played against France in the first round and beat them at when the World Cup was in France. In 2007, sorry. 2007. When the World Cup was in France, they had beaten France in France in the opening round of the World Cup. So it's not like they're not used to having a pretty big game out of the, not not that these players were part of it, but they know how to win a big game and they are capable of doing it. I don't know that they're necessarily capable of beating the All Blacks. I don't think that there's a referee in the UK that would allow that to happen. <laughs> but it, uh, you, you know, I was at know. that I was at that game in 2007, um, and that was about I predicted a, it. You know, I'm and and a smart move. I mean, France did not play well in that tournament. Um, they had a lot of pressure on them too, I think, but that was as loud a, a rugby stadium as I'd been in and to see Argentina not care whatsoever about the atmosphere and just completely silence that crowd was, uh, was just astounding to me what they did. They just, they just completely tunnel vision on that. So, um, 
Ar- Argentina to finish second. Then there's there's no. Uh, um, oh chance. yeah, Argentina to finish second. The other ones are. I mean, New Zealand and Argentina would beat the other teams in a canter. Yeah. Uh yeah. Not even. We're not even talking about that. Those aren't even going to be games. All right. Well, the I, I guess the the race for the other ones is is for third place and that automatic bid. Uh, probably Tonga. Uh, Georgia just not. Uh, um, not impressive enough out wide. Namibia usually plays tough for about 20 minutes and then is just uh, outstripped. That generally is happens to them. Pool D, France, Ireland, Italy, Canada, Romania. And that, that's another that's, – well, that's a pool where there are three pretty good teams to very good and two not good teams. Bruce? Uh, no, nah, there's two teams. It's, it's France and Ireland. The other teams are Canada, the disgrace. They're unwatchable and have been for five years. Um, and who else did you say was in that pool? Uh, Romania and Italy. Romania Romania is not good enough. And Italy lost 47 8 to Scotland. Italy's so undercooked, it's not even funny. They, well, not I will say, at all. have you seen the, the team photos of the teams in their number ones getting ready for the World Cup? Italy. Uh, in their Italian suits, probably looks the best of all the teams. Yeah, well, if you want to put the, you know, Martin Cash or Giovanni <laughs> on your wall, like Pat has mocked a new thing. Well, on no, he's wall. not really. He's, you know, I'm not sure if he right, was the, uh, the, the, may, the most stylish. Yeah, I don't think or he's my type, no. I thought you were a pair. Anyway. Um, like does not like like, say, I guess. I think that... Uh, I, I don't see Italy as any kind of threat. I don't see Canada or Romania as any kind of threat. The real thing is going to be France and Ireland, and I think that Ireland is playing better than France, although on current form, France's stadium was dreadful when they were playing England, and then the field was chopping up. But France looks freaking dangerous, and they have a kicking game that, that really puts a lot of pressure on out wide. Like they move the ball out wide, and then and bang it ahead, and that and that's a uh, that's a great tactic if you can do it and you have the personnel to do it. You could really put a team under enormous pressure. I do think that Ireland is better than them, and so my gut feeling would be that Ireland will win that pool which would mean that France would play New Zealand in the quarterfinal in Wales again. Uh, again, yeah. Uh, th- this this uh, pool, Pat, is backloaded in that it's the, uh, the last day of pool play is France-Ireland. It's one of the last games. The, the final game of... Uh, you know the final the final game of the day actually is USA Japan final pool game of the entire string of pool games but the second final game of pool play is France versus uh, Ireland at Millennium Stadium that's a huge game massive no yeah it is and i'm jealous of anybody who'll be there it's going to be i think it, this is going to be a really fun pool to be honest with you because I, I could see upsets and not just like a Romania snipping in Italy or Canada snipping in Italy, um, but I don't think that I think that the bottom three in this pool are uh, more capable than the bottom three in most pools. And uh, you know the way France plays with this kind of arrogance or apathy um, on any given day, 
I wouldn't be shocked to see Romania be in it, you know, with 20 minutes to go or, or see Italy or, or Canada um, be in it with 20 minutes to go against that French team. That said, France can be the best team in the world on any given day sometimes, too. So they're, they're kind of uh, uh, interesting to watch. And I think Ireland, you know, was riding high for the last year plus um, getting ready for this World Cup, you know, champions of, of Europe back to back and and uh, and then playing really well. And then they had dropped a couple in the warm up uh, here coming in. So now they're, they're limping in a little bit. So it's going to be really interesting, um, though I do think Ireland has a legitimate shot to to uh, to get to the semifinal for the first time ever. And, and in order to do that, they're going to have to win this pool. So this is another really intriguing pool to watch and probably I think the most exciting outside of, um, you know, the one the United States is in. I think, I think everybody involved with Ireland, Ireland rugby gets a feeling that maybe this is their chance to get into the semifinals and really push for something. Uh, this is a big year for Ireland. Uh, I remember being in France in uh, 2007 when the Irish team was supposed to be good and they were awful. Um, and uh, you know the, I I don't know. H- has anyone and and Bruce maybe you're the guy to talk to this. Has anyone really nailed the preparation for a World Cup? Because I'm not sure that teams really under know what to do exactly how to prepare themselves to win in a World Cup. And it seems like the European teams, the year before the World Cup, there's always a team that is in great form that it's like they peak way too early and they show up uh, and not ready, whether they're injured or they're just, they're just not prepared to, to, to play it. And I just wonder, what's, what is the preparation, the right preparation for a World Cup in terms of like number of games or when you play or how you take care of your players or what? I think that that's a lot of that comes down to luck. The um, mm-hmm. New Zealand probably is is the best prepared team heading into the World Cup. I think that they have structures in place where the the entire nation essentially has their noses pointed in the same direction. I'm sure that there's political infighting there, and but the entire nation does have their noses pointed in the same direction. That it is the black jersey that matters most. And that's the one that they, uh, that's the one where everybody plays and everybody puts forth the effort to make that. The coaching staff has tremendous World Cup experience, whether as coaches, as players, as, uh, you know, so I think that they, they understand the drill of how to do this. And though they lost to Australia when they had Pocock and Hooper in the game, they lost a tight game, and when they went back to New Zealand, they blew the doors off them. Granted, Australia didn't select nearly as tough a team, but they still blew the doors off them and, and retained the Bledisloe Cup. I, I think that New Zealand has definitely got this preparation thing down. In speaking to Simon Hardy, his thing about the World Cup is that there will be hiccups and there will be blips and there will be things that happen. And it's it's not the, the fact of the matter is it's going to happen. Something bad, something messed up, something screwy, a bad performance, all that stuff. Something will happen. It's how you react to it. If you react poorly, you could dismantle your whole World Cup because it's a short tournament. If you react well and galvanize, then you can make your entire World Cup. And that's where things are won and lost. I think that's where Ireland went wrong 
in 2007 when they bunkered down and they reacted horribly to everything and turned, you know, they turned mistakes into catastrophes. They turned, everything turned into a, to, into a complete, it was a drama-filled World Cup from start to finish. And England, when Tuolagi jumped off the boat and all kinds of crazy things, and, you know, all those things were just disruptions and distractions that needn't have happened. Tyndall cheating on the princess. Yeah. And if you look at the World Cup winners, like the all-black preparation in 90, in uh, in. 87 was meticulous. And then Bob Dwyer had a meticulous preparation and, and they were in very good form going into the 91 World Cup. The South African defense was, was locked down in 1995 and one was, you know, had a, had a brilliant attack. You know, the South Africans had a brilliant defense and they had a kicking game and they had a style and a structure that was able to beat the All Blacks. You know, they, they, there are people who claim that there was, Food poisoning, etc. I don't know about that. But well, the yeah, fact of the they, matter they is, still they, had, they still both, had that. Both of yeah. both of those teams were amazingly prepared. Both of those teams were very. Uh, Australia in '99 was pretty well light years above the way everyone else was prepared. They prepared better, and in '03, England left no stone unturned. Little half the center, things like that teacup thinking correctly under pressure and and stuff like that so that was that was great south africa it's it, it said that that world cup was fantastic in that uh australia lost lost to england and france beat new zealand in the quarterfinal but that really took the luster out of the south african world cup so while they won the world cup they didn't get much out of it because they kind of won and, and they didn't really they beat um, Argentina in the semifinal and kind of had that in the canter. I think Argentina was happy to get there. And then they played well in the third-place game. And then they beat an England team that they would beaten 35 nothing in pool play. So they didn't get a whole lot of pay for being there. But they were definitely the best-prepared team. And in, and in 2011, the fact that the All Blacks were able to win, granted with a little bit of help from a poor refereeing performance, they were able to win with their fourth fly half is says speech volumes. And I think that this year going in, the all blacks are the best prepared and, but they have chinks in the armor that like South Africa actually should have beaten them when they played them in the, in the championship. And when they went in and they said that that guy didn't play tight head and went to uncontested scrums, it was asinine because he did play tight head. He just happened to play both sides. And they won the uncontested scrums. That was South Africa's call. They shouldn't have done that at the goal line. And they had us. They had New Zealand on the ropes, and they let them up. And you know, and and the Australians. I think the Australians are good and have a lot of firepower, but they they don't have necessarily reliable goal kicking. In order to win a World Cup, you have to play territory and you have to kick the goals. And the fact of the matter is, there's money on the line. Dan Carter's a guy I won't kick in the ball. Defense. And he's going to play territory the, and defense. The, the best defensive team wins the World Cup most of the time. Uh, I, I wouldn't say every time, but just about every time. It, it, it's more about defense. We, 
We skipped over uh, Pool B, of course, uh, and that's because we want to talk about the USA a little bit. Um, but before we get there, just just kind of fun stats. Uh, you know, in in case you're you're not a student of rugby history, uh, you think back. You know, the the Rugby World Cup's only been in existence since 1995. Uh, we've had seven of them. We've had uh, three teams win it twice: New Zealand, Australia, South Africa. The only hey, hey, wait, 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 yeah. wait, 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 wait. It's been in existence since 1987. No, sorry. What did I say? 1995. Uh, you said that. You said. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sorry. 1987. I don't know why I was thinking 19. Because we were talking about the 95 World Cup just earlier. Right. It, it, it's been it's been in existence since 1987. There's been seven of them. New Zealand, Australia, and South Africa have all won it twice. England has won it once. They're the only Northern Hemisphere team to win it. France. Uh, has made the final three times they've never won it and, in fact, have been in the top four, six. The, on- the only time they didn't make the semifinals was 1991. So generally you're seeing the same teams in the top four. New Zealand has only missed the, the, the semifinals once, and that was 2007. Um, and Australia, they missed the semifinals twice. But you look at the finishes for New Zealand, first, third, second, fourth, third, quarterfinalists, and then first again. Um, and then you look at France, second quarterfinalist, third, second, fourth, fourth, second. Um, you kind of feel like maybe France is due, but I'm not sure we're seeing that uh, in terms of their form right now. Uh, but it's going to be probably the same old teams in the top four. Uh, we haven't really seen a shakeup except for Argentina in, uh, well, I suppose Wales a little bit last time in Argentina in 2007. Pool B uh, is the the pool that the United States is in, along with South Africa, Samoa, Japan, and Scotland. And uh, first of all, I think, guys, we all agree the pool winner in this is going to be South Africa, and really it's not going to be close. Agreed. Yeah, so so the question is who finishes second? Um, And we've talked about this really honestly, legitimately – Let's look at the United States. Do they have a shot at winning two games and getting that automatic bid? Do they have a remote shot at beating Scotland and getting three games and actually getting to the quarterfinals? Um, I, th- I think I think it's my, my feeling is it's a it's a uh, tangible enough possibility that I bring it up with a straight face, but I really don't see it in the end. Two wins is a legitimate goal. Three, um, I'll 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 happily admit I'm wrong, but three is not going to happen. That's a safe bet. I mean, we we know at this point that Samoa is beatable, and we know obviously that Japan's beatable given that the states just beat them. Um, but uh, Scotland is, is still a bridge too far, probably. Um, they didn't play them all that well or all that tightly when they played in Houston a couple years back. Um, but I mean, look—it's the World Cup. They could—they were in it against Ireland late enough to, to make it a very fun game to watch in 2011. Um, so if they can, you know, kind of—we all know that was a very emotional game, the 10th anniversary of the, the of 9/11, and and it was a great performance by the Eagles, especially defensively. Um, but it, it's it's not impossible for them to be in it late and for something crazy to happen. So those 15 seeds beat two seeds in the NCAA tournament. Um, so I think this is more of a 15-2 or a 14-3 and not a 16-1 to say that it's impossible to happen, um, but, but still a very unlikely. So the safe bet is to say they won't. Uh, to me, it all stops and starts with the Samoa game 
Obviously, it's the first game up, and the Eagles. That, that's going to decide what kind of World Cup this is. If they can, if they can steal a victory against Samoa, then they're all of a sudden expected to get two wins for the first time ever. They have an insane amount of momentum going into the Scotland game, a lot of confidence, and I think that that, that makes the World Cup incredibly fun. Not unlike the uh, the 2013 League World Cup for the United States team, they got a win early on and. And uh, people seem to care about it. I mean, it, it forced me to watch highlights of league, which I care not never to do. Um, so I think if if they get that win early on, it's going to be massively important, not just for the the team in and of itself and, and their chances to win two or three, but I think it's going to make it really fun for everybody watching and paying attention back stateside. I agree with Pat. The, the World Cup is the first game. The entire World Cup is, is, is in the first game. Now, Scotland beat Italy 47-8 to eight or, or something along those lines. I don't think the U.S. is capable of beating uh, Italy 47-8. to eight. And that, But that said, the U.S. has played better. They, they do have, look, Samoa has a massive Achilles heel and that their kicking game has been horribly, horribly, horribly out of form. And it has, it is, it has been... It has cost them games. It's brought teams back into games. It it cost them a possibility of even possibly beating the All Blacks when they played very well against them. The, the Samoan kicking game has been dreadful, to say the least. If the U.S. can capitalize on that, they have a puncher's chance. The U.S. also has really big holes. I, I think that I think that the scrum and lineout have performed better in the past, in, in some of the warm-up games, but it, I still think it's an Achilles heel. I don't think that the problem is fixed. It, it certainly, maybe it's going to be better, but I, I think the teams are going to target the U.S. in that area, and I think they're going to really target it big time. Um, I don't think that the U.S. bench is particularly great, and I, I don't think they have an, I don't think they have a, a tremendous amount of depth. And I think that that also can factor into late in the game. I, I think that I think Cam Dolan is better suited as a back row player and not a second rower, although he, he has gotten better at it. Uh, I, Peterson has played better than he had early on. But I think that he's a defensive liability, and he could be he could be stepped. And all World Cup is going to, you know, what are you going to say? I mean, basically, your front five has to play well, and your halfbacks have to play well. And and then your big name players have to perform. I think Wiles will play better than he has been playing. Uh, Threaten and Sheamus can play can play well in spurts. They have to play well consistently. Uh, they have to get the ball to Nguyen and Nguyen. I, I thought that his offload to Petri was great, and he's playing better as a person who lost a step. And, he, and he's playing like a guy who might have lost a step and looking for people around him. So I, I think that might that might be good. And, I, you know, whether they use Scully on the wing or fullback, I don't know how they're going to play that. All of these things are going to factor in, but if they don't have a reliable set piece, platform to work off of, then they're constantly going to be under pressure, and it's difficult to win games 
under pressure. But like you said, like in order to win World Cups, you have to dominate territory and kick your goals. And Samoa isn't particularly good at those things. So that can give us a chance to win a, a better chance than maybe we are if you were to look at the teams and say, all right, who's better, this guy or this guy, this guy or this guy, this guy or this guy. You know, maybe you pick Samoa a lot, but are they going to be able to have territory and goal kicking? If they have that, then the U.S. can be in trouble. If they don't have that and the U.S. can capitalize on some of that pressure, then I think that we're, we're, looking, we're looking all right. They've got some good goal kickers, but no, you're, you're right. And I, th- I think the kicking from the hand game from uh, the USA um, has been improving. Uh, I think that their scrum is better, needs to be better than that, but the scrum is better enough that you know, we've talked for years now about reputation and the idea that uh, if, if you start to get a reputation that you're not horrible, then you might get one or two calls during a game that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Uh, might be a might be a tipping point for the USA against someone like Samoa or even Japan. And we saw that the USA beat Japan um, kind of in a game that uh, was playing into Japan's hands more than the USA. So um, uh, we're hoping to see better line out. I think uh, you know some of the personnel and the moving around we talk about moving people around uh and and in the last show um bruce pointed out some key misses in the line out against australia that were mostly sort of personnel like who's lifting and how are they lifting and things like that uh all of this stuff is and i think it's been demonstrated that the usa is good enough to beat samoa and good enough to beat japan and can do it in this tournament and the schedule sets them up actually in a good position to do it uh and then Really, not worry about the other stuff, and maybe you know if if something fantastic happens against Scotland, um, great. But uh, let's not worry about it. You you start and you finish strong. Uh, so with that in mind, um, we see South Africa going through there, and and then uh, um, second place would be Scotland playing against uh, Australia. Is that right? BNA. Well, well, the thing is, the thing yeah. is this. You got to look at it. You got to look at this from. You got to look at this from two, two vantage points. In the event that the U.S. beats Samoa, they go into the Scotland game with a head of steam and some pretty veteran leadership in terms of Wiles and Samuel Manoa. So they're gonna, they'll be brave enough to be able to rally those troops. I'm not saying that they're going to win, but if in the event they beat Samoa, then they go in with, with a much different mindset. And a lot of times it's just mindset and hitting them and hitting them and hitting them and continuing to do it for 80 minutes and keeping your composure. So they brought Steve Durant, who was a fantastic sports psychologist, and, and they've had him for now a couple of years. And I think that if they can keep their composure then they can do all right. If they lose their composure, they're screwed. I mean, they're dead in the water against Samoa. But if they can keep their composure, then they're good. And they've got to have poise. It's still going to be a challenging game for them. Now, on the flip side, if the U.S. loses, I think it's going to be difficult to defeat Scotland. It's actually almost impossible. If they win, then I don't think that... I do think that they'll... They'll get 
favorable calls. I'm not saying that they're going to get anything, but they'll they'll get some calls because people would like to see the U.S. go to the quarterfinal. If they lose, Scotland's going to get the calls. All the 50-50s will go Scotland's way. Um, and then, but then if Samoa wins, then that puts Samoa in a good driver's seat to be able to put pressure on Scotland. And if Samoa can beat Scotland, because they could beat the hell out of him. Scotland's an injury or two from being in the U.S. That's the thing. Scotland isn't great. They've been in good form, but they, they weren't in good form leading up to this. And they happen to just be in good form now, but they're literally an injury from a, a disaster. And the U.S. has an injury from being Canada. That injury it, being it, the Ash McGinty. Yeah, and, and or <laughs> Mike Petrie or Samuel Manoa or you know they, they are. There's no question about it. They're absolutely, but so so stop. And and that gives us. You know, hey, look, World Cups are funny. They, a lot of strange things have happened. Wales hasn't qualified several times. You know, and Samoa has been. Fiji has qualified. One of the things he hadn't mentioned about Fiji in their World Cup preparation is that Tony Thorpe, the former all-black manager, is the manager of Fiji. He was also the manager of the Brumbies under Jake White. So they have really people who understand how to, how to prepare and win. Played well in the Pacific Nations Cup. So in looking at that, you know, there are, there's, you just got to say, like, okay, who's going to be, Who's going to be the team? We have an opportunity to do it. And this is a, I, I think we might be, I just think we have some, some real dramatic holes that may not give us an opportunity to win three. But the, our whole World Cup really revolves around the nationality. Yeah. Because so, if we win that, then it's great. If we don't win that, then, you know, there's two things that can happen. The wheels fall off or we galvanize the beach pan. And if we and if Eagles galvanized and beat Japan, be like, okay, great, you know, they win a win a game, they beat Japan. It's it's been done before. To beat Samoa would be uh, uh, certainly a special thing to start it off with. It clearly comes down to that. And and you make a great point, you know, just both of you guys saying that they'll be on fire. They they are they are fully capable of beating Samoa, and uh, they have talent. And if they get the right calls um, and get a break and maybe a missed tackle. Scotland can be under a great deal of, of pressure. Uh, that game, uh, the Scotland game, which is on the 27th, uh, 6.30 Pacific time, uh, 9.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. He's played at Elland Road, which is the home of Leeds United uh, soccer team, which is the team I grew up liking, and oddly the team that Nigel Melville grew up supporting. Uh, there'll be a lot of Scottish people there. It's it's not far from Scotland at all. There'll be no problem. There'll be a heavy Scottish contingent there. It's going to be a negative uh, environment for the USA. That may be a good thing. Uh, the, there will be a huge uh, uh, in, uh, atmosphere there. And then... I, know, I, hang on a second. Yeah. Scottish people don't even fill Murrayfield. <laughs> yeah, but Ellen Rhodes... They don't, they don't, uh, okay, fair they enough. Don't, but, they, but, they don't fill Murrayfield, and... The World Cup ticket prices are very high, mm-hmm. and they're not going to go to the game. All right. I don't think so. That, yeah. game will be, 
they'll be that game might be sold out. I think most of the games are, but I don't think it's sold out with Scottish people. Do you think? You, I think yeah. it'll be. I think we'll have a good. I think we'll have a good showing there. They'll All be right, good enough. Want us to win. Okay. So and then October seventh against South Africa. I get the feeling the 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 smart move is uh, play some guys who haven't been playing and don't even really put together. The, the impression I was getting from Mike Tolkien is their game plan will be for Japan. Their game plan will not be for South Africa. And really, what's the point of coming together with some fancy little? thing that you're going to do to try to probe against South Africa's weakness that they'll plug up after 15 minutes and then, you know, South Africa wins anyway. Because four days after that, uh, 11th of October, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, uh, USA-Japan, and that will be, at that point, the most important game for the USA in a very long time because either um, it's a game that puts them in the quarterfinals or it's a game that gets them uh, that automatic bid back, or um, it's their chance, their last chance to win a game. Absolutely. You nailed it. Right on the head. Uh, all right. So th- having, having said that, do we go back and do we change our minds? Pat, do you still think it's like a 14 seed against a 3 seed uh, to get, to get uh, three wins? Uh, well, I said that just to beat Scotland. They still got to yeah, beat Japan. Okay. Yeah. Japan's not just going to lay down for them in the last game. I think it's, I think it's a fourteen to beat a three and and to beat Japan. And I've been on the bitter end of that. Watched Mizzou uh, lose to Norfolk State and then ran up like a two hundred fifty dollar bar tab. So it'd be nice <laughs> to be on the other end of that. Uh, and and Bruce, what do you think? Two wins, three wins, one win, zero. I think that you know. I, I think it's it's a one game at a time thing, yeah. and it depends on the, their World Cup is going to depend on their performance against Samoa, and I and how they manage injuries. But their World Cup is going to depend on their performance against Samoa. If they if they come out flat and 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 play poorly, then I, it's going to be very difficult to turn that around at any point during the World Cup. And if they come out firing and and playing and 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 playing rugby defensively, attack wise for eighty minutes, and not allowing the states to turn into catastrophes, and putting pressure and hitting and regaining from the arm wrestle and, and and understanding what playing in such a fashion that you're trying to win the game and stay in it, and not trying to do gamble things that can either have spectacular results good, but more likely scenario is a spectacular bad result, then I think that, uh, so I, I would reserve judgment on how they do based on how they do against Samoa. And, you know, they played a good 40 minutes against Australia, you know, and, and meaning that they, they were able to stay in the game for a bit, and even even with a yellow card and and having uh and having a, a Australia score a try on a on a block a pretty blatant block, then I, I thought that was good. But in the second half, the wheels came off, and they, and they they didn't lose; they beat themselves. And and they need not they can't do that. Yep. If they do that, they're going to be in trouble. They, they need to put in an 80-minute performance. They've played a lot better, and they've been a lot of fun to watch. 
but they haven't played an 80-minute game yet. They haven't, nah, and the Eagles haven't done that, maybe, you know, maybe ever. Um, but they have to do that against Samoa. They're going to need a full 80, and they're going to need to be engaged in it, hitting, and ready to rock for eight in order to win the game. Bruce, what was, it, uh, Bruce, what was your alma mater, but now what seed were they when they beat Kansas? I think that was a 15 and a 2. That's pretty it might awesome. have been a 14 and a 3. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> well, we got Bucknell's always, always had Bucknell's always had a pretty good basketball team. They were always they were always pretty tough team. I mean, even when I was there, they, were good. they went to the tournament a few times. They didn't. They they lost to Georgetown and lost to Syracuse. They were good, man. They were a good team to watch. They were fun to watch. And uh, not not that not that we give a flying hell. I know, I know that you just like to hear about anybody beating Kansas. So, but uh, yeah, and I'm sure this year when when Kansas was bragging about their force play technology and all that other crap and they got knocked out of the tournament. You must have been laughing your ass off. So, anyway, yeah. Well, we can always hope for it. Uh, you know, we, we've got the, the USA playing on the 20th. That's the big game, uh, USA versus Samoa. And we're looking at uh, uh, an exciting and interesting Rugby World Cup. We're going to wrap it up. One last thing. Pat Clifton, who wins? Who wins the entire World Cup? I'm going to go insane and say Ireland. Bruce, who wins? And who do I want? Or who, who, who do you New think Zealand. wins? Who do you, who do you think wins? I, I think New Zealand will win. All right. Brave. Very brave of me. <laughs> I'm going to go with the hometown. I'll go with England. We'll see what happens. Uh, don't forget to check out what's going on with uh, uh, Pat Clifton. will be writing for Rugby Today. Um, and follow all the stuff that's going on with the Rugby World Cup and with uh, Pat's Lindenwood Belleville team and with Bruce's Iona College team uh, at Golf Rugby Report. Golf, Rug- uh, Golf Rugby Report and Rugby Matrix America brought to you by Aircraft Charter Solutions. Thanks for listening. Go Eagles. Go Eagles.